We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you finish Did you that? that? We're, about one half, we're about halfway there. We're just saying that he's off to a nice start. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time? Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show. Field of 68 till I die. This is the Field of 68 After Dark Show, the only place that you need to be for college hoops every single night. Day night edition of the Field of 68 After Dark. We had Big Ten games galore tonight, and we had to bring in our Big Ten expert, Terrell's, Terrence Oglesby. I just called you Whoa, Terrell Oglesby. Terrell's. I mean, <laughs> Theo, I, I can't even say your name at this point. I'm so upset with you for bashing this conference before we clicked record. Uh, but like I said, we're going to have you break it down. We're going to force you to tonight. We've also got Stadium Insider Jeff Goodman. My name is Greg Waddell, and we are here to break down a big night in college basketball. Of course, there was more than the Big Ten tonight. We've got UCLA blowing out USC out west. We've got Houston looking like the runaway number one team in the country, and we will get to it all. Of course, there was breaking news out of Texas today, too. We'll open the show with that. But first, ladies and gentlemen, we must start with our toasts of the evening. Jeff, I'm going to go your way first. Who you got tonight? All right, so I'm going to crack open one of my uh, – my wife got me these, like, light blue moons. Tia will love this. They're good. It's like a light sky, citrus wheat blue moon. Good yeah, stuff. I like those. Uh, I'm going to um, FAU. I'm going to Boca Raton. Ooh. And uh, one Dusty May, uh, he has turned that program completely around. I mean, it, it's been a shit show for years. Nobody could get it going, right? A couple former NBA guys, they brought Sidney Green, Michael Curry. They couldn't get it going. Mike Jarvis, uh, senior, couldn't get it going. Dusty May, the former Indiana manager, has got this thing rolling. And they beat UAB tonight. And UAB was the favorites in Conference USA this year. They beat him in Boca. Um, and John L. Davis went for 36 points. Sophomore guard, he came in averaging nine points a game, and, and he went for 36 tonight. So, John L., this one's for you, my man. Go get yourself a Blue Moon Citrus Wheat. Citrus Sounds like wheat. a vacation drink to me right now, Jeff. I know you're in the vacation home. but Not in the vacation mode. <laughs> but we'll get you there. By the end of you guys. By the end of the show, maybe we'll get you there. We'll see. T.L., who you got? There's only one right answer. 
to drink to tonight. It's it's Fletcher Lawyer. I mean, come on. We're in a game full of talented freshmen. And we're talking really talented freshmen. I thought Alcpara played well. Bryce Sensiball, we all know, is a dude. And there's plenty more that were running around that game. But it was Fletcher Lawyer tonight who hit the biggest shot of his career. And that's not us saying that. We're going to be able to talk to him a little bit later on. But uh, cheers to Purdue rebounding off of a loss, coming through in a pressure situation where they're full court pressing and able to figure some things out Fletcher Lawyer hit that shot cheers to Mr. Lawyer it's a hell of a tease for later in the show by the way our words really good really Lawyer. good very good he always learned TV he's learned it quick. <laughs> I'm getting there I'm getting there you guys drag me around for a year and eventually some stuff sticks that's right yeah. absolutely special all right I'm gonna I'm gonna stick in that game with you T.O. but I'm going uh the clipboard route I'm going Matt Painter because I honestly thought the the big difference in the final minute and a half of that game, other than, you know, a couple fluky little turnover plays, right? But uh, I thought Matt Painter coached circles around Chris Holtman. Can I say that? In the final minute and a half of the game, every action that was designed was an instant bucket for Purdue. Every action that was designed out of a timeout for Ohio State was an instant turnover. A three-point lead with 40 seconds left quickly became a two-point deficit. Uh, Painter, again, reasserted why he is one of the best coaches in the country. And a win that Purdue needed. You fall two games behind Ohio State in this Big Ten conference, and you're down the tiebreaker to that team? I mean, that's that's monumental, honestly, with how many average teams there are. You go to Penn State next, by the way. You go to Penn State. So it's like, if Purdue doesn't win this one, they could be dealing with a three-game losing streak. So uh, you guys went full Boilermakers tonight. I, I at least mixed it up with some mid-major. But Painter deserved it. Hell of a That's game right. for Painter. Hell of a game for uh, for Purdue. That's right. Cheers. I am so excited to see the matchups between Penn State and Purdue. Like the ultimate yin and yang of the conference. Like it's going to be a lot of fun. At the Palestra, right? Yeah, yeah. At the Palestra. So that, that'll be a lot of fun. Special. What a show they are in for. All right. Uh, the big news in college basketball today. Texas has fired Chris Beard. We're going to bring up a statement from University of Texas Vice President and Athletic Director Chris Del Conte. The University of Texas has parted ways with Chris Beard. This has been a difficult situation that we've been diligently working through. Today, I informed Mr. Beard of our decision to terminate him effective immediately. We thank Coach Rodney Terry for his exemplary leadership, both on and off the court at a time when our team needed it most. We are grateful he will remain the acting head coach for the remainder of the season. We are proud of our student athletes, coaches, and staff who throughout this difficult time have continued to make us proud to be Longhorns. So from my perspective, I'm speaking as Greg Waddell right now. Yep. I am not surprised by this result. I am a little surprised by the timing of it. Jeff, is that fair to say from an outside perspective? Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, listen, if they had done it uh, right after or, or days after the incident that occurred, then I would say, okay, you know what? It makes sense. If they had waited and seen what how this plays out legally, that would have made sense. To do it today when you're kind of in the middle right now just felt awkward, right? It, it felt like what more information do you have today that you didn't have yesterday? None, right? right? None. I mean, we saw obviously the, the, the proof uh, 
the fact that uh, Chris Beard's uh, fiance had uh, physical proof and evidence of Chris Beard, um, you know, choking her, uh, biting her, whatnot. Now she came back and said that uh, he was not the aggressor that she was. So she kind of pulled back on a lot of her statements that night. But ultimately, this is a tough one to, to kind of decipher because you never know what's going on behind the scenes also, right? You never know. Now, I've met her several times. Um, I'm not going to go into their relationship, but I, I, I'm i aware of some things there. Ultimately, guys, ultimately, listen, it doesn't matter what happens. You cannot hit a woman. I right. mean, unless she's got a gun pointed at your face, I guess then you can probably hit a woman. That's probably the only way is if, if a woman's got a loaded gun pointed in your face, you're probably justified. Well, she didn't. So at, at this point, you cannot do that. And to me, um, that warrants termination. It, it really does. And, and again, I think a lot of people know my relationship with Chris Beard. I've known him a long time. Um, I have a lot of respect for him as a coach. And as a, as a person, but not for what he did here. He, he should have taken the high road and gotten the hell out of that house. Yep. And he didn't. And he put his hands on her. And ultimately, he's paying the price for it because uh, he won't coach at his dream job, his alma mater. You know, the, the, the job that he had already started to build into a power. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those situations that it just shows, you know, one mistake can really turn your your life and your career. And that's what's happened with Chris Beard here. Yeah. Yeah. Sat all the way around. It, it is, uh, you know, somebody who's married and has been with my wife for 10 years. There's a lot of heated debates, but, and there's a lot of times where you feel like you just don't do it. You don't do it. And the best thing you can do is leave the house. And uh, it's it sad all the way around. Cause it, cause I mean, Jeff, me, you and Rob were down there. What? A couple months, a month and a half. Yeah. two months ago. Right. And, um, you could see the program building in a certain direction and, uh, we're never going to see it play through. So that's unfortunate. Yeah. T.O. from a, a player's perspective, I, I doubt you've ever been through anything exactly like this. No, no. But what, what does this do to the players? Cause like you said, they were kind of firing on all cylinders, looking like one of the best teams in the country just a month and a half ago. And now here we are. Well, I always go back to it's almost like when a substitute teacher's in charge when the head assistant comes and he's running practice. At least that's how it was when I was playing. Now, that being said, Rod, Rodney Terry has great relationships with all players. I think that's something that is significant in this part. So whenever he's running practice, is there a drop-off? And as an older team, there shouldn't be a drop-off. Now, all of that being said, this is – I'm not going to say it's unprecedented because crazy shit happens all the time. But at the same time, th this is something that is completely out of the player's control, and you're just throwing a wrench into what could have been a potential Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final Four caliber team, and it's on some of your older guys to make it work. And the problem is, is they play in a basketball conference, guys, that is brutal, night in and night out. And if you don't win at least eight or nine games in that league, you're not going dancing. And then you're doing it under these circumstances. So it's really hard for them. I feel bad for them. And there was a there was a stretch where it was like, man, good for these kids. Like they're playing hard, they're playing well. Uh hopefully, you know, you know, for their sake, you know, they can get things back on the right track after a loss. Yeah. So can they still do that? I think is the question, right? Because 
This team has all the talent in the world. Tyrese Hunter and Marcus Carr are still going to step out on that basketball court. We've seen Texas without Chris Beard just in the past couple weeks. We've seen them win games. We've seen them struggle and lose games. So, Jeff, can this team find the ceiling that we thought was there with Chris Beard? Can yeah, they they can because this thing is so wide open this year, and they do have veteran guards. And I think you know the one thing I'll say is, I mean, again, it was alarming to give up 116 points at home to Kansas State. Like that scares the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just don't have confidence that they're going to be able to stick together. They went there for Chris Beard. Rodney Terry does have head coaching experience at UTEP and Fresno, but you know, he's not Chris Beard as a coach, right? He's just not. Um, Bob Donwald's going to do a lot of the X's and O's stuff he has with Beard uh, over the last couple of years or so. So, uh, that'll help a little bit, but I, I just don't have confidence that the Marcus cars and the tip. I worry that these guys are going to start to play for themselves a little bit now and try to get theirs. Cause th- these are a bunch of guys that are like fringe pros, right? They're, they're probably not NBA guys, but Tio knows this even on Clemson. When you play it, how many guys on those Clemson teams thought they were NBA players? When we all thought we were, we all thought we were NBA players. Exactly. That, that's that's right. an issue. So it's scary. It's just a little yeah. bit scary because I think Beard had a pretty good sense of kind of how to coach these guys and what buttons to push. I don't know if, if again, that's Rodney Terry, but judging by uh, the game against Kansas State at home, um, I, again, I could see this thing unraveling in, like Tio said, a brutal, brutal Big 12. So Rodney Terry is the interim head coach for the rest of the season. Certainly – Uh, There is a potential outcome where Texas finds success this year and Rodney Terry is retained as the head coach beyond the end of this season. That is not the only potential outcome. This is Texas we are talking about. They could go plenty of places in search of a head coach, and there are plenty of coaches who would be interested in walking through that door. So, Mr. Goodman. What do you think is most likely here? What's going to yeah, happen a season from let's, now? Let's play a little game here because I, I gave all of us some homework. Yeah. And, and the homework was for each of us to come up with one. We're not going to go through 10 names apiece. We're not doing that. We're going to come up with one of who we think Texas will end up with. But first, let's start and go around the room of who we would. If we were Chris Del Delconi, the athletic director of Texas, and hopefully Chris has the, the the juice to be able to make this hire. He made the last one, and obviously it didn't work um, from a stand off the court. Uh, who would we hire? I'll start. I'll start on this one because I, I think I have the perfect guy. If they can do it. Now, he's got some, you know, couple skeletons in, the, in that closet, but uh, he would be the ideal guy. Texas needs a promoter and a coach. Right. We know that. Right. They need mm-hmm. a promoter that you can't to me. I'll shoot down like Kelvin Sampson before either one of you put put him out there because he's not going to go out and rah rah up. And I think you need that at Texas for, for hoops. So I'm going Bruce Pearl. I'm going Bruce Pearl. Just imagine what the hell he could do with Texas because he took Auburn from the drag. Right. Like they were the bottom. They were the bottom feeder of all power fives. And look at what he's done with them. Now, they're not great this year, but they're still pretty good. What he's done is amazing. Just think of what he could do in Austin, Texas. I'm not mad at that at all. I'm not mad at that at all. Uh, One name that I would look at, 
And it's because he's had so much success early. He knows the state of Texas. And after going through a little bit of a debacle, not just with their basketball program, they had some issues with their baseball program, Sarkeesians cussing out some guy that's just trying to run the built boards uh, at their bowl game. They need to clean it up a little bit. Uh, I, I would look at Jerome Tang. He knows Texas. Yeah, he it. He's recruited there for a long time. He's had early success. It wouldn't be some situation where he's going from one Big 12 to the other because Texas is going to the SEC. So I, I think that would play in well. And uh, Tang's a model citizen. So I think that there would be a lot to be said there if they were to um, at least venture somebody that has been in Texas for a long time and just, you know, slid a state or my geography is bad, a state or two over. <laughs> yeah, a couple states, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Uh -oh, Midwest. France going crazy again. McCaffrey starting to get into it. I don't know what happened, but he kind of crossed. We had, a, we had a little we had a little shove in the back. Connor, I was watching. Connor's getting after him, too, now. Yeah, we Old had family. a we. We had a shove in the back here. I was up two with 53 seconds left. A foul was called on the floor, sending Trace Jackson Davis to the line for a one-and-one. One. Appeared to be a little bit of a phantom call in the post, and the McCaffrey family does not like it. Uh, I I was going to go tank for the record, T.O. You stole mine. I think that's uh, both a safe and exciting answer if they were to go that route. I also think... Tang probably pretty quickly says yes to that offer whenever that offer comes in. I would right? think so. But the only thing is the loyalty, right? A little bit of loyalty with only being at Kansas State for a year would be difficult in a sense to leave after a year. Um, but you know what? The money. It's Texas. How many times, how many times, you know, there's a finite amount of jobs that qualify as a Texas level job. Yeah. And Tang, if they continue to have success at the little apple, like he's going to get some opportunities, but they don't come open every day. No. So like, I think it's one of those things. This is one of those special scenarios where you could look at a job and be like, sure. Like, no, I think those are your top two. I, yeah. I really do. Other people, again, I said, I wasn't going to do this, but other people are going to throw out like Calipari, ridiculous, you know, Muscleman, NATO, some of those guys. And they are high energy guys. Um, but I just think Pearl is such a salesman and, and that's what you need at Texas. Tang is too, in, mm. a, in a very different way. Yep. They're both high energy salesmen. Pearl is obviously a proven head coach. Like Tang's done it for 15 games now. Bruce Pearl has done it. Like right. we know Bruce Pearl is an elite motivator, a really, really good ball coach. So like that to me, just imagine what he could do at Texas with all that NIL too. Yeah. And, and there's going to be, offer, right, right. And there's going to be a couple of names pop up and there's already been some fairly new, new names. There's a young man up at Mizzou that's, that's doing really well yeah. um, who would warrant some consideration as well. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's a hell of a job. I, I think, you know, there's a common, is it, though, is it a hell oh, of a job? That's what I was going to say. Well, it's a, there's a, there's a misconception because there hasn't been a whole lot of recent success and they don't necessarily love Austin, but there's infinite resources. Kids from Texas want to go to Texas. I, I'm, people in Lubbock are going to hate to hear that, but it's true. Like people in Texas want to go to Texas and you're going to have immediate access, immediate access to one of the best talent bases in the country. Right off the bat. So, I mean, something to be said there. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a good job. I don't think it's as good a job as as, as people think. Uh, only because, again, 
they got the new arena. We saw it. it it's gorgeous. I mean, gorgeous, it beautiful, and it's and it's a good size because they block off that top, uh, that top, uh, as you mm-hmm. would call it, tire, that top mm-hmm. tire. Uh, <laughs> but, but I, I don't think it's like, I don't think it can ever be a top ten job. I just you don't think so? Hoops. I don't. I think it's like a top twenty ish job, ultimately, because I still don't think. And I've been there when they've been really good, and yeah, for a while, like KD and. When they had DJ Augustine and Avery Bradley and Damian James, they they had it rolling. But I, I just don't know if it's ever going to be a top ten basketball job. Yeah, I would love for you to. I, I, you were doing a show the other day yeah. talking about a list. I would love for you to do a list. I'm going to do it in the off season. Do. Yeah, that yeah. would be a great. That would yeah. be a great Project. list to debate. Yeah. Sounds like plenty of fan bases Jeff Goodman can piss off. I'm excited. For that. <laughs> That's exactly what that sounds like. I'll tell like. you that right there. Yeah. Uh, all right. It, my last thing on this, and then we'll move to all of the actions going on right now. We're kind of commentating the Iowa-Indiana game as it happens, by the way. Uh, Fran McCaffrey got in the face of an Indiana assistant coach. That's what just happened a few moments ago. Yeah, it looked like you see a Roseman, maybe. Yeah, it was just, it was just here. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen down the stretch of this one. One-point game, 27 seconds left in Iowa City. Uh, my final question as it pertains to the Texas job, even if they aren't serious about considering this coach at all just to piss everybody off don't you at least call mark adams no no you do not not at all hell no hell don't you don't you at least get the rumor going that you're gonna call mark adams jeff no and and (laughs) can i flip back on rodney terry for a second um because that's who i think that's what i think is gonna happen for one well i'm just gonna compare it to a situation that's ongoing right now okay i'm gonna compare it it's very similar in a way to Wichita State. Okay. There's situations where a little bit different. Obviously, Greg Marshall punched a player. I wrote the story. Uh, a lot of allegate, a lot, a lot of things that he did. Um, so he was fired right before the start of the season. Isaac Brown was given the interim job. He he was terrific that year. Uh, was that three years ago? And uh, the then AD. Um, gave him the, you know, took off the interim tag in probably, I think it was probably January, February. And now the last I looked tonight, they were 0-3 in the league. They were, they were getting blasted by Cincinnati. I don't know if that ended up, Greg, the score, but I know they were down. They're 0-3. They're like 500 overall. And it might have been the wrong move to make, but he had no choice at that point, the AD. You had no choice. He was winning at a high level. And that's what I would say you have to be careful of right now if you're Chris Del Conte. Because the pieces are in place. I get it. But is Rodney Terry the right man to run this program long term? Right. You're not looking at a year. You're not looking at two years. Now, to me, if you want to give Rodney Terry the the, the job, give him another one-year deal. Where else is he going to go? That's where ADs screw this whole thing up. If Rodney Terry does well this year, what you tell them is, you know what? We can give you the job, but we're not we're not giving you all this guaranteed money or anything like this. We'll give you we'll give, even give you a four year deal, but we're giving you a low buyout. So you know what? If the thing falls apart next year, we can move on. Hmm. Like that's ADs just don't understand that they have the leverage with, with with situations like this, and they screw the whole thing up like Wichita did with Isaac Brown. You didn't need to give him. I don't know how much they're on the hook for him. But you know what? Doesn't look like he's the right 
long-term solution. He was a great short-term solution. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sure. Uh, by the way, 60 to 51 win, I believe, was the final score of the Cincinnati game tonight against Wichita State. Uh, one point game, 23 seconds left, by the way. We could have chaos in Iowa City as Indiana has taken a timeout with the ball down one point with 20 seconds left. Also, you know what the most amazing thing about that game is? Both teams made it in the 80s. Like, that's the most amazing thing. Hey, if they go to overtime, they're going to make it to the 90s. That's, I mean, Listen, the, world Indi- might, the world, it is cold in Iowa. <laughs> it is cold in Iowa. Hell is freezing over. Big 10 teams making it to the 90s. In, no Indiana. No field Indiana goals for Indiana in the last three and a half minutes, by the way. I was going to say, Indiana was on pace for 150 points in this game, about halfway through the first half. So they've gone cold. No uh, field speak- goals for either team in the last two and a half. Speaking of chaos, UCLA is on the verge of blowing a massive lead out West, by the way. I said in the open that they were blowing out USC. Not the case. Three-point game with three minutes left. Lucky for you, we've got 40 more minutes in this show to talk about all the results that happen in all of these games. But let's start with a game that did wrap. That would be Purdue defeating Ohio State. Uh, We have made a lot of jokes on and off camera at the Big Ten's expense. I am a Big Ten guy. I think they are all incredibly fair game. With that (laughs) said, I think there are two teams in this conference that are legitimately good, and it's not up for debate, and it's these two teams. It's Purdue and Ohio State. I thought this was a critical game for Purdue to get because if they don't get this game, they're two losses in the column in the conference behind Ohio State without a tiebreaker. And you can debate how much a conference championship matters anymore, but uh, I think this does matter to Chris Holtman in Ohio State, who I don't believe has one since he's been there. Close game, back and forth. Ohio State had an early lead. Purdue was magnificent in the second half, and it started with Fletcher Lawyer, who we got to talk to. Uh, But first, let's just go around the horn. T.O., as much as you like to joke, and maybe not even joke, as much as you like to diss the Big Ten, you like this Purdue team, right? I am joking. First of all, I want be I want to be abundantly clear. I'm joking. But I mean, come on, he he's got to be joking because he comes from the ACC. Where where? <laughs> okay, you know, okay. Two and a okay. half bid ACC this year, <laughs> huh? It's the two and a half bid ACC this year. Six bid ACC, but uh, but we'll move on. <laughs> we'll, we'll move on. Uh, no, I, anybody with Zach Eady on their team certainly helps. Fletcher Lawyer, like the intestinal fortitude of this young man, and to be able to process what Matt Painter wants him to do in year one to me is just bananas because we've, we've talked with Hummel uh, several times about 
Painter's playbook. Like it is not small. Like he is going to call plays. There's a lot to digest. They're going to play a certain way. And I think it's really interesting to see a young man, a freshman, uh, be such a key piece to that team. Uh, they're very, very good. And when they have shooting around them, that's obviously significant. That looked like a foul for Indiana. Uh, yeah, maybe on Eulis. Keegan Murray, I thought, blocked, got a clean block, but from behind, it did look like it was Eulis fouling him. Um, not just one freshman at Purdue. Right. But, but both in the backcourt. I mean, Braden mm -hmm. Smith, he was good for tonight the most too. part, has been phenomenal as well. I mean, that's the, the, the crazy part of this team, again, is like, I was worried about the point guard situation. I didn't think lawyer would be a guy that would get this much run also this quickly. And um, they haven't really made shots in the last five or six games. And you expect them to, because they've got enough guys who are shooters. And obviously you got the big boy down low who, who's going to create so much space for everybody else. And, and that's ultimately what won the game though. Right. Right. And, and I would thought I would have thought being seven foot five, he would have been a better passer to the opposite side of the floor. Like he throws it four and five feet, like over their head to the left, to the right, the whole. You nine. know what, Tia? Two things, and uh -huh. I only know this because uh, I'm working on a story on Zach Eady. Okay. Uh, one is um, he's only been playing basketball for about that's six right. years. That's right. That's right. And that's a that's a great point. Number two, he was a baseball player growing up, and he was a first baseman. So he wasn't he wasn't a a, a thrower really. Right. He was he was a guy that when you watch him get on the floor, I was talking to his mom about this, um, Julia, uh -huh. and uh, and she said like watch him when he gets on the floor and everybody kind of yells and, and can't believe he's he's diving on the floor. It's because when he was a first baseman, he was laying out to try to get some of those balls that were thrown to the left and the right. So it's a little different with Zach Eady because he's still so young yeah. to the game of basketball. He was again a hockey and a baseball player growing up. Could you imagine seven foot five coming at you on skates? Crazy, crazy. That's cr that's insane. Or seven that's four insane. throwing. He's seven four, I think, is accurate. Oh, Let's okay. not give him any more than you know. Yeah. He's already seven four. <laughs> we got to make him seven five. I mean, the poor kid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like Randy Johnson, I think is the record at six eleven. Uh, now he's a six eleven. 6'11", whatever it yeah. was, 6'11". Big, big Randy Iowa. Johnson fancy, yo. Big unit, big unit. <laughs> yeah, Is that go. a foul? Uh, not a shooting foul. I believe I'm they behind. called it on the floor. They I'm called it on the floor this. first. Uh, by the way, we're, we're talking Zach Eady. Maybe we should start calling him Shaq Eady. In fact, to that extent, we are going to have a new shirt in the field of 68.shop later this week that you can get if you want to support Zach Eady's ongoing case for National Player of the Year. Uh, but while Zach Eady was... Good. Yet again, tonight, the guy who hit the big shot was Purdue's Fletcher Lawyer. We got a chance to sit down and talk to him just a few short moments ago. Here's that conversation. All right. We are joined by the man who hit the biggest shot of the evening. That would be Purdue's Fletcher Lawyer. 71-69 to 69 win for the Boilermakers. First of all, Fletcher, congratulations. Big road win for you guys. This was a pretty big game as far as Big Ten implications go. How does it feel to go to Ohio State? come out with the victory yeah i mean we needed it we knew coming in uh dropping one a close one to rutgers the other night we knew we needed to come out with a win and uh, a little bit ugly first half for myself and the team but um we knew we had to come out battling the second half because we knew we kind of dropped two in a row yeah fletcher you know the saying uh you know you can't hit the broad side of a barn 
That was kind of you in the first half, right? I mean, yeah, uh, you're not you're not wrong. Zero for six, uh, four turnovers. Uh, at times, it looked like he might have been playing for the Buckeyes in the first half, but yeah. uh, second half, man, you were you were on fire. I mean, you made the big shots, but um, what's it like? playing with Zach Eady down the stretch there? Because, again, you got such an easy one at the end. You get a lot of easy ones playing with, with Zach, but kind of what, what's it like and, and what was it like tonight with the tale of two halves for you? Yeah, I mean, he's just so dominant. We're, uh, we're down three with 50 seconds left, and we're not worried at all because we know we can go get a two without even blinking. So we knew we were going in there. We knew they had to uh, they had to either double him or dig into him. So – our shooters were just spaced out, ready to shoot it when we threw it in. Hey, Fletch, when they doubled off of you, I know you've hit a lot of big-time shots at Homestead High School. But being a freshman at Purdue, at Ohio State, where does this shot rank in your hierarchy of shots made by Fletcher Lawyer? I mean, it's definitely it's definitely number one. Um, I'd say winning that big Big Ten game and uh, one we really needed for the team and to win this Big Ten championship is what we're all focusing on. That's definitely number one. All right, so give me uh, how paint was after that that last game, the loss at home to Rutgers. What was he like in the locker room? Yeah, um, obviously it's not – when you know you didn't play how you can play and uh, we made so many little mistakes uh, – Obviously got on us a little bit, and uh, we had a lot of film and uh, two pretty uh, pretty intense practices. So really just us focused on little things and um, getting ourselves prepared more than worrying about the other team. Um, really just learning from our mistakes and um, playing our game is what we had to focus on. I have to ask you, when Goodman re referenced paint, I have to ask you about paint. We have these paint crew t-shirts, the whole nine. We're trying to sell them and make some, get some merch to the people. But my question to you is, coming in as a freshman and being a part of this team with Zach Eady and being a young, young fella on the team, what's the adjustment been like playing for somebody like Matt Painter? Because Robbie Hummels told us that that playbook's about as big as the Bible. So, like, I, that's my question. How has that adjustment been to you? That's a lot of information to process. How has it been for you coming in uh, your first year and being a significant contributor? Yeah, it's been a, it's been a lot to take in. And uh, coming in, seeing all the plays we do run and all the actions we have, it's um, something you look at and you're just in awe. But um, getting to know him and getting to know his style of coaching, it's very impressive. It's um, something I've never really seen before. He's he's an offensive mastermind. I would that's how I would describe it. But really, just learning from him. And if one day I want to get into coaching, is something I would I would model my my uh, coaching after. So he's just someone you look up to, and you're uh, so impressed by all of the knowledge he has and um, how he expresses that to us as players. Hey, just don't model your uh, if you get into TV. Just don't model your career after Hummel, whatever you <laughs> Wise words from Mr. Jeff Goodman. Uh, Fletch, so I'm I'm a Big Ten guy through and through. I'm a Michigan State graduate, though. So I'm a, yeah. I'm very familiar with the lawyer family. And I got to tell you, our own Rob Doster at A10 Media Day asked your brother who would win one-on-one, -on -one, who wins whenever you guys play. Foster said he gets the best of you. Am I supposed to buy that? Is that real? We haven't played in a while, but um... – I think I could take him. I think it'd be a good game. Uh, 
but he's just he's a great player he's very smart so he might be able to outsmart me a little bit but uh I look up to him a lot and I learn a lot from him that's a really politically correct answer that is a really politically correct answer well the younger brother right it is the smart answer uh but but I know you'd back his ass down If not back him down, at least you're shooting over him, right? I mean, that's just saying. We just you got the height. Well, Fletcher, congratulations, man. Uh, It's been a pleasure watching you guys this year. We wish you continued success. And again, this is Fletcher Lawyer, the biggest shot of the night. Uh, You may have the play of the night from the field of sixty-eight. That was Purdue's Fletcher Lawyer, who hit the shot of the night in college basketball. Well, the shot of the night up until now in college basketball, because there's plenty of opportunities for more shots of the night. In fact, right now, UCLA is up one point with 15 seconds left on USC. USC has the ball. We will see what happens there, and we will break it down shortly. This is the Field of 68 After Dark. We've got Terrence Oglesby. We've got Jeff Goodman. I am Greg Waddell. You can find us on the SiriusXM app. You can find us on YouTube. Field of 68 is the channel. Click subscribe if you are watching us there. Let's stay in the Big Ten with a result that just wrapped. We were kind of talking it through the end game here. Indiana blows a huge lead. I believe they're up 20 points early in this game against Iowa, home game for Iowa. Uh, To say Iowa needed this one is an absolute understatement with the way that they have played over the better part of the last month and with adversity that has hit this basketball team as well. Patrick McCaffrey uh, announced a leave of absence just, I believe, yesterday. And due to anxiety, give him credit for it. I thought it was uh, impressive that he actually came out and was very transparent about what his issue is, as opposed to, you know, he could have said personal reasons, et cetera. So for them to respond without, I mean, he's critical to everything that they do. He's always on the floor. He's one of their best offensive options to lose him, to go down so much early, climb all the way back and get a win. Their first win in big 10 play. Kind of feels like a moment we could remember, Jeff, for your preseason Big Ten champions. Does this swing the season at all, or is this just a blip on the radar? Yeah, I don't know if it swings it completely. I'm not ready to re-anoint them as the Big Ten champs. Uh, but what I am is uh, proud of, of the way Connor McCaffrey specifically responded. You could They were down 21 early. Uh, it looked like they were they were left for dead there. And, and I thought Connor really came back with, with what he brings, right? The intensity, the fire, the aggressiveness, all that. And, and you wonder, like, how much of it was looking at his brother on the sideline and saying, like, what the F? Like, how, how are we not playing harder? Because early on, it was Indiana doing whatever the hell they wanted. Mm-hmm. And again, I thought Connor McCaffrey turned the entire game. And Fran got pissed. You know, Fran did, did you know, what's it called? Fran Con or whatever they call it. I mean, he, he, he went to Frank Con like 10 at one mm-hmm. point or damn close to it. Um, and he got heated several times throughout this game because I think, again, it was also personal for him. And, and you know, I know Patrick. I've known Patrick for 10 years. And uh, like you said, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of him. It hurts me to see him on the bench, not in uniform. It really does. Um. He's just such a good kid, and he's been through a lot. He's been through a lot. So, for me, I want to see him out there again. I want to see him smiling out there again. Um, And and it was just good to see Iowa kind of come back. And 
feel good about it with with one of their teammates dealing through dealing with a lot of shit and the coach's son dealing with a lot of shit right now there's there's a lot of responsibility on these kids yeah like that's one of the one of the reasons guys like you know i'll talk I'll, I'll I'll say something in jest, but it's mostly about a team as a whole or or a coach. coach These, yeah. yeah, the kids the kids have so much responsibility between. There, there's a lot of mental stimulation, and it can be a lot for a lot of people, especially somebody who's a coach's son. So I hope he feels better. Uh, you call it Francon. I'm going to call it McAfficon. McAfficon six. I like that one. Uh, I, I, what I do think, I thought Indiana. What was it? A 12 or 13 day period between games. Uh, I, they looked really excited to play it out, out of the gate. And I think whenever um, the injury of race Thompson happened, I think it deflated them quite a bit. Now, Iowa was, Iowa was making a run, but that being said race, even though he's not a huge numbers guy, he's somebody that they look to in the huddle. Right. And so I think that deflated him. Hopefully he's going to be okay. It didn't look great, but you have to go back and you have to look at, uh, I thought Robracha was terrific i thought he was terrific he's a big strong dude who finds ways to score and then you know chris murray the better murray uh it was just really really good again the better murray whoa whoa whoa. come on we're not still doing this are we we're not listen i'm a petty grudge holder to this is one step too far okay come on I don't get to talk about Iowa enough. You guys don't put me in on Big Ten night. I got subbed in tonight on Big Ten night. I'm going after Iowa. You better believe it. No, but he – no, in all seriousness, I'm, he, he's been terrific all season long. Like, is Iowa going to be able to sustain this level of play? Uh, TBD, to be determined. But uh, Chris Murray has not been the re- – like, he has been really good all season long. Yeah, he absolutely has. You, uh, you, you mentioned it briefly, but Race Thompson goes down with what – Looked like a horrible injury, for lack of better words. I haven't heard an official report, but no, it uh, certainly did. Yeah. It did not look like the type of thing you're going to come back from. This is just weeks after Xavier Johnson goes down. This is an Indiana team that was picked to win this conference by many, in large part because they didn't lose anybody and they had the stellar fresh freshman class coming in. All of a sudden, we're looking at a completely different Indiana team. You lose your point guard. You lose your power forward who, let's be honest, he's been up and down for his career, at least tonight. A big reason why Indiana was up 22 early in that game was because Race Thompson was having his way on the boards in that game. And as soon as he was down, the entire game flipped. Rebracha looks unstoppable. So this puts two guys to me, Jeff, in a spot where you better be ready. That's Jalen Huchifino. That's Malik Renault. Are they ready, though? And listen, Huchifino's ready. I mean, you yeah. saw the game tonight. Like, he's fine. He, he To be honest, they're going to lose him after a year because Xavier Johnson got hurt. Uh, because he's going to have nights like this, and the NBA looks at nights like this when he shot it well, he, he passed it well, he scored it. You know he can get to the basket. He's big, he's strong, he's poised. All that, for the most part. The problem is it's, it's the others, right? I mean, obviously, we know Trace, but it, it's the other guys now, and they're just thin. I mean, you're taking away – you know, two of their top guys. What what made Indiana uh, a team that we thought had a chance to be really good was they were older for the most part. And yeah, they brought in Huchifino to that group, but they were older. They hadn't really done a whole hell of a lot, but they were older. And now you're taking away two of their really old dudes and you're, you're forced to play, you know, some role guys in, in big moments. And even tonight, like they started Tamar Bates 
And, you know, again, he's up and down a little bit. So this Indiana team right now, it's going to be very interesting, again, in a Big Ten where, you know, there's there's not a lot of easy ones. I'm not saying that there, there's a lot of brutal ones either. But, like, every game right now is kind of a, a war. You can you can win it, you can lose it, and now you're, you're thin. Uh, and you also can't have a bad game, to me, from both, like, Trace and, and Jalen have to be good almost every night right now. That's hard to ask of a freshman point guard. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I, Jeff, you're you saying that there's not an easy night is interesting because I think uh, this conference, Minnesota. I think this conference is as easy as you want it to be. Would be my answer right now. There's but no team is that good, so that I don't, I don't agree because they're yeah. all about the same. Yeah, I mean, th- there's certainly a middle of the pack group, but I think they're all middle of the pack. Not all. Purdue and Ohio State have definitely separated yeah. themselves. Yeah. But even Wisconsin, even Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Even in the tiers in the middle, I think we're breaking off into teams that are self-inflicting wounds to themselves and then teams that you know might hit a road bump here and there, but like whatever Maryland has been for the last month, whatever Iowa has been for the last month before today, whatever Illinois is doing right now in that locker room, those are self-inflicted wounds from teams that we liked on paper. So I I still think there's teams that will emerge from this and look a little better than we think. But um, yeah, you can make the argument both sides. Either every game is a winnable game in a positive way or every game, nothing's easy in this conference because everybody's so close. The margins are so thin. Uh, Let's jump to the Pac-12 though. Let's go out West to the result. UCLA survives. They were up huge early. They end up winning by two. Big three from Jalen Clark at the end of the game. He missed one. Offensive rebound, kick back to him, wide open. He makes the second. Uh, And USC, you can applaud them for their effort. That doesn't help you in the win column. UCLA, I feel like we haven't talked about a ton on this program in a while. We certainly did in the preseason. Uh, At this point, though, are they the Pac-12 favorites? Theo, would you bet on them over Arizona to come out of this conference? I think style makes the fight in so many different cases. Are If they're the favorites in the conference or they're the favorites to play each other might be two different things for me right now. I, like mm. Because I think if Arizona and UCLA play, I think Arizona's going to win. I think over the course of the season, I think UCLA has a, not, has a lot of offensive weapons. So they're going to be able to rely on a lot of different guys. And I think they're deep. I think Jaime Jaquez is really good. And it, it's just a matter of – Sometimes you got to win ugly, and they proved that they can win ugly tonight. And even when they started out strong, uh, they still came out with a win over a rival. So I think that accounts for something. You know, I, I picked UCLA to win the whole thing mm-hmm. in the preseason, as you guys know. I still like them a lot, but but I think now it's it's a toss up between UCLA and Arizona, and it just scares me. You know, they're without Amari Bailey tonight. He's not like a big time offensive player, but he'll give you he'll give you ten. He'll give you ten, which was much needed tonight, and he'll give you a good defender, and he'll give you a versatile player who can score in transition. So I just think the problem with UCLA is they can't really win if you take away any one of their pieces, any mm-hmm. one of their five, and maybe even six if you include Singleton because he's their clear best shooter uh, on their team. They're just not deep enough, and that scares the hell out of me. Where Arizona, they can mm-hmm. lose a dude and still be fine. Like, you can take any dude off their team. Go ahead, take Balo off their team. They still got Tubelis. Take Tubelis off their team. They still got Balo. Pella Larson, take him off their team. They're fine. Probably the one semi-indisposable guy today it's is our boy. Kirk Risa. 
it's our boy at Van Kerr. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, so I'm listen, I'm about to flip the tables on you guys. Neither one of you know this is coming, but I'm just scrolling through scores right now. I'm going off script, I'm going off our little rundown right now. Yeah, we're, we're talking UCLA or Arizona. UCLA survives great. That was you, we can call it okay. You get credit for the win. They looked horrible in that second half. They scored 15 points and a half and won a basketball game. Arizona, we're talking about the biggest threat to them. Arizona right now is down 13 points to Washington at home. Let's stay on the West Coast, Jeff. Gonzaga is currently down 10 points to San Francisco. Is anyone in the country good? Nobody's great. Nobody's great. There are a lot of good teams. There is not a great team yet. Now, that doesn't mean there can't be a great team come February 10th, a month or so from now. Teams can get better. I I would just say I don't think there's going to be an overpoweringly great team at at the end of the day. I I don't think it's UCLA or Arizona. You know, Houston might look that way because they're in the AAC. So they could run through. They could absolutely tear. I mean, look at what they did tonight against SMU. I don't know what the final was, but they're up like 100 at one point. So, like, Houston could be that team that everybody just keeps moving up because – they're not going to lose in that kind of crappy league right now where other teams are like even in the right. pac 12, like you're seeing it now and, and they're going to play UCLA. And if Oregon ever gets healthy with their guards, maybe they, they, they start to pick off some teams, you know, again, I, I think Houston's that outlier that, and, and Houston's really good too. Never mm-hmm. mind them playing in a, in a AAC that could be a one bit AAC at the end of the day. Um, they're really good. They have all the pieces. Jarris Walker, when I was watching early, he was terrific tonight. Hmm. I think the teams that I would lean on right now are people who know that who they are. Like I like I, I don't think that to go along with what Jeff said, there's no great team, but that just means there's a lot of great teams in my mind. Cause I'm a glass half full guy, fellas. So there's a lot of great teams right now. There's not one standout team. I think that's the big thing. But you look at teams and who know who they are. I think like, is Tennessee a great team? No, but those dudes guard. Like, is UCLA a good team? Yeah, they're very good. But at the same time, like, you know, they're battling some things. Like, it's just it, – there aren't a ton of great teams. I I, I think to go back to the glass half-empty uh, version of this. But at the same time, there's a ton of parity in the sport. And I think a lot of that has to do with this extra year uh, or two years or three years. There's a lot of 30-year-olds playing college basketball right now for God knows what reason. Like, dude – Go, go live your life, guys. But, like, there's a lot of old dudes playing college basketball, and it's there's a lot more talent in the ecosystem right now because of that extra year. So that's a big part of it, and that's the reason we don't have as many standouts. There's not as much concentration with the talent. So it, it comes down to coaching. More, I mean, the other thing I think we can say is there's, there's more transfers. So yeah. there's more new guys, even if there's more talent on a specific team. Like, Duke's got talent, but they're young like yeah. you said, against some older dudes. And then you've got a lot of teams that are just new and trying to figure it out chemistry-wise and roles and all that. Um, so, the, the, yeah, there's just – it's harder to predict. It's harder to predict. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I mean, you, you would think one of the te- most talented teams would be Illinois. T.O., we're going to welcome on a special guest here, and then we'll get back to our uh, national conversation because I have a rebuttal to the two of you. But first, uh, we are going to welcome on here in short order an Iowa Hawkeye coming off the big win against Indiana, as we just alluded to. I believe we are about to be joined by the great 
Connor McCaffrey. He is not here yet. That's what we just got from the producers. Yeah. So stay tuned. So guess what, folks? I get to give my rebuttal right now. Watch this. T.O., you're talking glass half full, half empty, whatever you want. I'm going glass full empty. You see this? It's empty. Nothing's coming out of it. I don't think there are a bunch of good teams. Like, I think I think we're saying there's a bunch of good teams in college basketball because we cover college basketball. We want there to be good basketball teams, of course. But, like, I, there's definitely not a great team in the sport. Oh, no, but that's fine. That That's fine. It's fun. But- it's fun, right? There's parity in March. Like, a, an 11 seed could win the tournament this year. None of us would be surprised. But – is it good for the sport? I don't know. Like, if we're talking this Houston team, Jeff, even like I agree right now, they're probably going to be the number one team in the poll next week. They deserve it. They've been good. They're 15 and one. But like this Houston team isn't close to what I thought this Houston team was going to be. They've struggled against lesser opponents. Jamal Shedd is a shell of what I thought he would be this season. He's one of the most inefficient guards in the country, and he's a guy that makes them go. Yeah. So like. I just, I look up and down. Like there, there's teams we can point at and say, like you said, T.O., they're solid. They know who they are. They're well-rounded. They're they're fully realized. They have identities. But that doesn't mean to me that these are good basketball teams. Like I think to me right now, this sounds crazy because I've hated on them for six months. I think Kansas is the best team in the country right now. Yeah, I have them at number one. I do. And and again, they've almost lost a couple games here. Um, maybe they should have lost both of them uh, due to officiating, but yeah, I'm with you. I mean, again, there is no number one team. There's a bunch of teams that, to me, you know, a, a week ago we were all saying, what, Purdue and UConn. Those are the two best teams in the country. And now we're like, all right, they're both like top. UConn coming out of this weekend could could be losing three in a row. I mean, they got Creighton, and they, they, they have really struggled against Creighton. They could lose three in a row, and Purdue could have been a basket away tonight from being on the verge of losing three in a row. Yeah, it's messy for sure. Um, Even like looking back though, like a week ago we did Purdue and UConn, like you said, I have a feeling that's going to be a consistent exercise though, because like, I I know we all watch the sport, but like, we're also trying to keep a a pulse on the national scene. Like I'd be lying if I told you TO, I watched the ACC every single night. Like I got to call you when I want to get those insights. And like to me, the fact that Purdue was just the number one team in the country the last three weeks, and they haven't covered a spread in nine games until tonight. Like, it's like, has anybody even watched this team? They've not played up to what you would expect from them, let alone from a number one team in the country. So I'm just, I'm baffled by it. I think this week, sure, it's Houston. I'm fine with that. We can call it Houston and Kansas if we want to, but I think like next week, that probably flips. And on that point, okay. It's it's one thing to argue who is number one right now. How do we flip that to who is number one come March? Like, are is there a team to you guys that is nowhere close to what they could be that you're still buying into, that you're willing to stake a claim on? T.O., who do you got? I, I still like Houston because they're beating the brakes off of SMU by 30, and they're still doing all the little things you need in order to break these leads open. Now, are they as good as what a lot of people thought? They're 15 and one. I mean, the only loss is to Alabama at home and that was a hell of a game. But that being said, one thing that, you know, Samson's teams are going to do is take care of the little things. And that's going to put you in position to be in position for a national championship. If you're them, especially when you have guard play, like they do, especially when you have guard play, like they do. So they're the team just because they play harder than everybody. And they have that guard talent 
this year. I, I still have Houston, you know, towards the top. What if, all right, here's, here's a what if for you. What if Baylor's guards are all healthy at the end? Flagler, Cryer, and Keontae George. And they get Jonathan Chamochachua back. And I don't know if he's coming back. And Scott Drew doesn't know if he's coming back. I know he's rehabbing like crazy. And I don't know. Those three guards, man, I'll put them up against just about anybody. Now, they've been hurt a lot over the last couple of years. Flagler and Cryer. It feels like one of them's hurt all the time. Um, but – yeah, to me, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't bow out on Baylor and Scott mm. Drew. I like yeah. that. Uh, I'd put him up against anybody except Mike Miles. That's the only one I might not put him up against uh, after results in the last forty eight hours. But uh, that dude has a that that dude has turbo in his shoes. He is unbelievably fast, incredible, and you shoot the ball a little better too. Yeah, he's special. He's special. That's for Thank sure. You. Uh, I believe we've got Connor McCaffrey joining us here in here There he is. We can see him, and we see a beautiful Iowa Hawkeyes backdrop as well. Connor, welcome on the show. You are live on the Field of 68 After Dark, my friend. Thanks for being here. Congrats on the win. How's it feel? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thanks for having me. Um, uh, thanks for being here. good. I'm, I'm freaking tired, man. I'm, I'm run down. <laughs> that, was a, that was a hard-fought game. Yeah, it looked like it. It looked oh, yeah. like it. Um I said earlier on the show, I said, I, I really thought you you flipped that game with your intensity, with your your competitiveness, with your toughness. I mean, you guys were getting, man, it, it was embarrassing early. It was embarrassing. You're down 21. And with what had happened over the last three games, Connor, were you almost like enough is enough? Um, I, I wouldn't. I mean, to a certain extent, yes. But, like, I, I don't think – I mean, obviously a brutal start. Like anytime you get down 26 to four, it's pretty bad. Uh, but like there was never like a quit. And it was kind of like last game. Like, I don't, I, I don't even know how to explain. So I got to watch the film. But I think I think it's like you said, like it, it was energy. Uh, it was lack of awareness. Like we were a step late on everything. For, it starts first play of the game. I'm I'm hugging cop too close. And I'm a step late on getting over on Trace, and he gets an AM one. Like that's that's a brutal start. That's on me. That's like a bet. And then it just, it just spiraled from there. And then we were like a step late, step late. But then, like if switch flipped, and we were the aggressor, um, one hundred percent from that point on. Like we were the aggressor, and it's that simple. We just we we played harder, and they didn't know what to do against the zone. Like their their coaching staff was looking. They had no idea. Like they, I don't know if they ever seen it before. Uh, let me ask you this. <laughs> it seems like you guys, it took you a second. Poor Fran, like he has to go berserk on the sidelines on you guys. You're going to give him an aneurysm. Like it, it, then it seems like after that, you guys really get going. Uh, that along with what you say, I mean, you know, Pops brings the heat. That helped turn the energy as well, right? No, 100%. I mean, but like we were, we were screwing up. Like we were calling defenses and like we weren't like we we're supposed to be pressing and then not pressing and we were off on that like we we were just weren't locked in not, and that's on me like the, honestly because they were making the calls and then I I mean that's got to be me like as the you know as the leader as the captain I got to be the one relaying that um and honestly even like I would say even I was a little taken aback by like kind of what was going on like it was I mean they're hitting even like they were hitting some contested ones too. Like Tamar Bates hit one in Chris's face. Hushafino makes one from 40 feet, like an absolute bomb. Like, I'm just like, what is going on here? So, but, I, so we guys kind of got to, I mean, we took, clearly we took that punch. It was a hell of a punch, almost got us, but it, it didn't. Connor, I was out to see you guys in Iowa City just a couple of weeks ago for the Wisconsin game. 
and back and forth game. Honestly, there was a point in this one kind of gave me flashbacks. Like mm-hmm. you know, they, they had a little bit of a lead. You guys made a run. You came back. I think in this game tonight, there was about four minutes left and Indiana had grabbed it back. They had control six point game. Yeah, and from there, yep. And you guys just executed down the stretch away tonight that I didn't see a couple weeks ago. What gave you success down the stretch final four minutes that let you pull away? Um, well, I mean, obviously making, making shots helps making free throws helps, uh, having Chris like that, that's big. Um, but like we got to the foul line, I think we we're a little bit more aggressive. We didn't wait like against Wisconsin. We just didn't play fast. Like we kind of played their, their game, like their pace, their speed. And tonight, like we were, we were getting going, like even, I mean, we got down 84, 78, we're pushing it. Like, you know, I think that's, I got the rip through foul because he was up on me. I make two and then we, we get a stop and we, and we're pushing it. I'm pretty sure. And Chris gets, I think Chris got fouled or maybe Philip got fouled in the rebound. I, I can't remember exactly, but I just feel like we were more aggressive and that just like carried over to defense also. And then, and then our offensive game as well. Like we didn't, we didn't play like we're going to walk it up and try to play a bully ball style. We were, we were going all, the whole game. We were going, we were playing to win. We weren't playing like, you know, tentative at all. And that, and that's how we are. I mean, that's how we should be. Is this is this the game that gets you guys back on the right track in the Big Ten after going and uh, losing at Nebraska, losing at Penn State? You guys yeah. needed to rally together, right? That second half, it seemed like you guys started to come together a lot more. Is this yeah. kind of what this Hawkeye team needed moving forward in conference? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like we none of us knew like we're we're not that bad. Like we're we're a good team. It's, it, you know, it's not like we were like thinking the season's over because like we lose. I mean stunk at at nebraska missed a million shots we, we watched the film back we got a lot of open shots missed them all like brutal at penn state another brutal first half but like that second half comeback i really like i, th- I felt like we were a little bit back in terms of our swag and then i feel like we really kind of got it back tonight i mean it, but like it's it's no nights off like in the in the league like you go you go to Rutgers now who has been who just beat purdue on the road i'm pretty sure they destroyed maryland tonight so i mean it's not like it gets any easier um but like we've, you know, we've had some good, good competitions up, up, up at the rack. Uh, it's obviously tough to win there, but we're excited for that. But like, like I said, like we knew, like we're, we're not, we're not a bottom team in the league. We're just not. And I don't like nobody picked us as that. Nobody. I picked you to win the damn league. Yeah, like we're 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 not like we're good, and we know we're good. I like we we got the injury bug a little bit early. Like I, I really think we can rally, and um, we're we're, we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna be all right. Hey man, three home games yesterday, coming up too. After that, yesterday was uh, really tough. I'm sure for you, it was tough for me. You you know, you know what I think of your brother. You know what I think of you. You know what I think of your brother. And when when the news came out and I saw it, part of me was so sad reading the statement. And then I texted with your brother a little bit. Part of me was so proud of your brother for being you know, so transparent about what he was going through because it's so difficult. And your brother's gone through, shoot, he's gone through tougher things in his life. We know that, beating cancer. Um, What's it been like for you as his older brother to watch Patrick have to step away from his team because of anxiety and and mental health uh, issues that he's dealing with? Yeah, no, I I really just want to be there for him in every way because I, I live with him. Like I, and I see, like, I see what everybody else doesn't see. Right. Like I'm, I'm with him all the time. Like I see him when he was getting sick on game, like every game, like every time we had a game, he would be really down. Like it, it was just, I could just tell it was really wearing on him. And, uh, you know, I was proud of him and he, 
he, he made a comment to me, like he's, he said to me, he was like, I just feel like I have to play. Like I, I, I have, and I was like, hold on, bro. Like you do not have to do anything. Like I'll play 40. Like if we need to, like, I'll, I'll, I got your back. Like you need to do what is right for you. If your health is taking such an effect because you're not enjoying this basketball thing, like there are more important things than, than what we're doing here at the end of the day. It's really like, you got to have like, you got to have a bigger picture. And so I just try to talk to him through it and, and really just be, be there for him. Like if he's up, sitting alone on the couch or something watching tv i'll go talk to him like it, it, it never ends right like we're always i'm just trying to be there for him in, in every way that i can uh ultimately and, and i think that his his spirits have been have been pretty good and the outreach has been amazing hey tell tell him i love him oh well please i appreciate I it yeah no, I will. Better. And that's that's the most important thing man like is mm-hmm. is even seeing him on the bench made me smile that he was mm-hmm. out there that he wasn't sitting back in his room and I assume it gave you some motivation too, watching him over on the bench at, at points in the game. Yeah, no, it did. And I got, I mean, I got a little emotional in the locker room after the game because he sits right next to me in the film room. So I was a little, you know, I was, I was feeling it a little with him right next to me. For tears? Sure. Did we see McCaffrey tears? I, no, I'm, I can cry a little bit. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm not like, no. Oh boy. Uh, yeah. I, I echo everything that Jeff said. I think everybody that's a college basketball fan truly, truly yep. does uh, the way this has been handled. And uh, for you guys to go out and get the emotional win in light of that tonight, super impressive. Everyone was happy to see it. I got one final question for you. Uh, and anybody that watched this game probably wants us to ask this question. What happened at the end of the game? Looked like we had a little, a uh, little skirmish, a little separation between the benches there. What did you see from your side? Uh, are you talking about like in the handshake line or like with, with before time? the handshake oh. line before there was like a minute left, I think. And it, it kind of oh, yeah. looked like Fran was going at the Indiana bench a little bit. We couldn't really see from TV though. Well, I, so I heard, so I heard them like, so we were, it was a timeout and I was like, but I was back like on the baseline and I heard them talking crazy, like about my dad. Like they were talking shit. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you're good. No, you're good, man. Let it rock. They were talking like wild about like yelling, screaming about my dad, like about how he's been on him. And I'm hearing Woodson curse out the refs all game, like the same thing. So it like, and I'm, so I'm, and I like, I hear the assistant talking to the ref and I'm walking around and he's talking. So then I just look at him and I'm just like staring and I didn't say anything. I didn't say a word. And then, and then he was like, he can't look at me. He can't look. So then we go back to the, I go back to the bench and then the ref, and then the coach was still complaining to the ref. So then my dad goes over there and is like, what this dude, what's this dude complaining about? And then I see their whole bench get up. And the coach like was like, you better back your ass up, like, to my dad. And I was like, who are you, like, what, who are you talking to? Like, so I go back over there. And I I go over there and I'm like – and then their whole bench was up and we were all up. And they grabbed me because I couldn't foul out, obviously. But it was just some, some intense cool. – Cooler heads prevail. Cooler heads prevailed there. Hey, what do you what do you think when you see your dad go to like you know, Fran content? I think they call it or whatever whatever they call it. What do you think as his son? Like, do you feel like sometimes, hey, I I better protect my dad because, I mean, sometimes he the look he gets is, yeah. oh my god. I mean, I I don't know. Like, I think he knows. Like, he always knows what he's doing. He like, he I think he's like. I mean, he's definitely pissed. Like we we were not getting a good whistle at the start of the game at all. Like it was brutal. Like it was the start the wrestle the whistle at the start of the game was brutal, and he was pissed about it. Like clearly, but like there was no like. I mean, he knew what what he was doing the whole time. Um, hey, what about when you don't take the garbage out? Does he give you that look? <laughs> no, never, never. He doesn't care about that. Don't do the dishes. Give me some. Hey, give me something not on the court that you've done that he'll give. If you I'm mean to my sister, 
Really? If I'm into hey, that'll do it. Which is rare. Good. <laughs> I'm glad. Listen, I'm glad. You got to be nice to your sister. And she's right. over here, so she hears me. All right, good. Good. I be feel nice like anybody anybody who's inter- or interviewed Connor McCaffrey is shocked by this. I feel like no one would expect you, of all people, to be mean to your sister, man. No, I'm not. I'm really not. I'm not. She's looking at me funny. But I'm All right, not. listen. Maybe we're going to let you get out. Uh, heck of a win. Like I said, uh, tell tell your brother that every everybody's behind him. Everybody. Everybody I've talked to is behind him. And if he needs anything, I texted him this, but you tell him he needs anything from anybody uh, affiliated with us, specifically me, please. We'll, we'll do yeah. whatever. If he, if he needs to, you know, any, anything uh he needs a guest appearance to kind of uh you know spend some time we're, we're, we're bringing him on got it for sure right. i'll let him know all right all right hell of a win yeah thanks, thanks Connor. Connor. congrats thanks, on the Connor. win thank you appreciate it got it all right that was iowa's connor mccaffrey uh emotional win for the hawkeyes clearly in a variety of ways tonight and gentlemen we had a jam-packed show tonight i mean we had surprising results around the country some dominant results around the country we had two interviews tonight produced fletcher lawyer iowa's connor mccaffrey uh let's just go around the horn one final time let's put a bow on all of it tl what do you want to end with for us how fun was his description of uh <laughs> of the dust up <laughs> good, right? it sounded like there might be some more to that we didn't want to keep it for another handshake. hour but yeah right. and the handshake line that was right. kind of we the, didn't get the hold that up part from him we needed to get the the second part of what the handshake line was i'm gonna have to go back and watch that video i guess no you, you can tell he's a he's a mccaffrey because he didn't hold anything back we There's asked no him a question point. he went right at it no. I, I love that i love me that. too me too yeah jeff um I mean, listen, it was – it's funny because you went into this and we were like, all right, there's a couple good games, whatever. Like, it delivered. Mm-hmm. Like, college hoops can – I know you're saying there's no dominant teams, and there aren't. But that's the beauty. I think this year you're not going to circle a lot of games as, like, can't miss games. We're not mm-hmm. going to have those, but we're going to have every single night because more teams are going to be in the hunt later this year. That's going to be the beauty. Normally, you're going to get to like February and there's only going to be, you know, 25 teams that are really keyed into. I think we might be keyed into more teams this year because, again, you're going to have a little bit more parity than you normally have. Yep. I'll word that slightly differently. I think we're going to have more fun games than usual. That's fine. Because because there's more bad basketball teams than usual. Okay. (laughs) Hey, you saw the glass, Jeff. The glass is half or full empty. So we'll see if it uh, if if we can pour something back in that. I just think again, like look at the Purdue Ohio State game. Like to me, good teams. I don't think Ohio State can be a, a an elite eight team come February. You don't think Bryce Sensabaugh is a first round pick? Uh, they got they got some good players. They were without Zed Key. That by the way, we didn't talk right. about that. Like Zed Key, they probably win that game. If they have Zed Key for, I thought I thought Agpara did a nice job, but yeah, am but, I the but, only one that's surprised that they they trapped from the ball from the person who threw it in, like they they yeah. strong side trapped, yeah, like they yeah, like they, for right. that last yeah. play, like and not only that, the person who went to trap didn't wait for Edie to put the ball on the floor, so like another thing too is is like Fletcher got a really really like almost a horse shot. It was coming out from underneath that you shoot that shot at practice every day. 
Yeah. Like you get a manager down there and he's passing it back out to you, spraying directly. That's a horse shot. Like that's an. You know, what what, what are you shooting on that shot right now? What are you shooting? Seventy five percent on that shot? Yeah. Out of out of what? Ten. Out of a hundred, how many are you making? That I'm exact ba- shot. I'm banging eighty seven of those, baby. <laughs> Listen, Don't. there's no way you're banging eighty seven of those today because I saw you in Austin. All right, I saw you shoot in Austin. <laughs> I went what? Oh for one? Oh for it two? It was bad. All I know is I Austin just got off the plane. I had damn vertigo. Um, I had vertigo. Tio went, <laughs> went over I- one, and we had it on video. And unfor- like we should. Burn you got over one on video. Oh for one. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Listen, I <laughs> thought I was being generous at seventy five. But uh, you know, nah, 87, 87. You know, Confidence you know, I gotta give you credit. You can you can say anything you want. You just sat here for about forty five minutes talking Big Ten basketball, right. my friend. That's right. exactly power how I'd love college to basketball. The power eye of college basketball. That you is the Big Ten. You gotta love it. it. All right, we are off tomorrow night here on the Field of sixty eight after dark. Uh, you will get your fill of the Field of sixty eight though in the Field of sixty eight daily. By the way, our daily newsletter. You can subscribe to that that'll be in your inbox tomorrow morning for all of our lovely subscribers out there we will be back breaking down a crazy saturday slate this week saturday night for terrence oglesby for jeff goodman uh for fletcher lawyer for connor mccaffrey for the chaos that is college basketball my name is greg waddell and we will see you saturday night on the field of 68 after dark everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.